know, I think a lot of our communities are starved for connection, especially after the pandemic. And this is where we get our connection, whether it's, you know, driving a taxi or doing hair, or, you know, even if you're just washing somebody's hair, helping out at a salon, or if you're working a lunch shift at a diner, I think these are really important positions that lend themselves to people who are entering and in retirement. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Barbara Sloan. Barbara is a financial educator and the author of her first book, Tipped, The Life-Changing Guide to Financial Freedom for Waitresses, Bartenders, Strippers, and all other service industry professionals. Barbara, thanks for joining me today. Jackie, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation. I think it is, too. Uh, The way I usually start things off is by getting my guests to talk a little bit about themselves, um, where they started out and how they ended up doing what they're doing now. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm sure to no surprise after hearing that book intro, I have spent 20 years working in the service industry. So it started sort of in my teens in high school. I'm not sure if listeners are familiar, but I used to work at an A&W, which is like a hot dog and root beer, roller skating waitress type establishment. I was also a paper girl. So I got tips through that. Um, and then I really went full force into the industry when I was 19, 20, started waitressing, bartending, doing a lot of private events, um, dancing. Uh, I was a go-go dancer, a pole dancer, but a lot of, a lot of bartending, a lot of waitressing. And I did that for 20 years in tandem with a career in construction. Um, and so, yeah, those have been my primary careers and, now I am living in New York City and mostly working. My I own a construction company today. That's how most people know me. But I also do financial coaching for people in the service industry. How I found your podcast was I have been coaching people in the service industry for a few years, and I wrote my book on financial freedom. And a lot of what I was talking about was lifestyle design. And how people could build their lives of, you know, the lives of their dreams while in these career paths and in these industries that are not known for being careers and not known for being long-term jobs. And I remember being in a college class and my professor was telling me that the happiest profession in the world was hairstylist. And I remember asking why, and they said, you get to see the beginning and end of a creative process every single day. You get to meet new people and have social engagement every day. You get to build relationships with the people that you're surrounding yourself with. You can take this mastery um, anywhere in the world. So you're location independent. I just remember thinking like, 
there's a lot of that that goes into majority of the positions in the service industry. And I think that when I think about people who are either approaching early retirement or traditional retirement, that that's, those are a lot of things that they can add to a life well-lived and a life that they want to continue to live well. That's so true. And if you asked anyone, they wouldn't say that that's the kind of job that they want. That's the kind of career they want to have. But it's so true because you can literally do it anywhere and you're a part of something big all the time. Yeah. I think when the, like, you know, I'm a part of the financial independence community and when FI started to make, um, make its way out into beyond the finance tech bros, we started to get a lot of, a lot more language, like, you know, barista And when people talk about barista which it basically means that you have enough money to retire on, but that you continue to work a job like being a barista because that little bit of cash flow and or benefits uh, aid you in being able to stay retired and um, help you in that. And I, I thought a lot about that. And I think that this industry works really well for people who are approaching retirement or in retirement because of the fact that you can get so much flexibility out of these roles you can, you know, help out other businesses in your community. Let's say that they have a slower lunch shift, right? Maybe you are somebody who has afternoons available and you're like, I can, I, I don't mind a slow shift. I don't mind, you know, not being rushed around even if that means making less money, but then you're getting to help out a community member. You're getting to engage with other people in your community. You're getting to make a little bit of income cash, which is flexible. And, and you're getting out of the house and to do something you're serving your community. You are getting to be that smile that so many people need in a day. You know, I think a lot of our communities are starved for connection, especially after the pandemic. And this is where we get our connection, whether it's, you know, driving a taxi or doing hair, or, you know, even if you're just washing somebody's hair, helping out at a salon, or if you're working a lunch shift at a diner, I think these are really important, important positions that lend themselves to people who are entering and in retirement. So what you're suggesting, I guess, is, I guess what you're suggesting is, someone who is perhaps already heading towards retirement, maybe comfortable, but looking for something a little bit different, something to keep them in the community and keep them socialized. They could look for this type of a job that doesn't put a big uh, tax on their life or on their lifestyle, but it gives them something back. Yeah. I think what's great about the service industry and gig work in general is that you get to leave it all on the shift whatever happened on the shift, you're not taking home the worries of, oh, what's on my plate for tomorrow, which I think a lot of people who are leaving the corporate world are really excited about leaving behind. They're excited about leaving behind those anxieties and those stressors and that worry and that weight. And, you know, you may not be ready to just sit in your house and only talk to your kids or your grandkids or your neighbors. You might want a little more, you know, variety in your social engagement. And I think this industry is is perfect and right for people who want to change it up. And and maybe there is a need for a little bit of income. I was mentioning, I belong to the financial independence space. I go to a lot of um, meetups and when we nerd out and, you know, all of the technical side of planning for retirement, one of the things we talk about is sequence of return risks, 
which basically is the first five years of your retirement is the most important time for you to pay attention to your, your funds, because that is when you're determining if your allocated resources will last you your retirement. A downturn in the market in early retirement can mean disaster for a lot of people in retirement. And so if you're able to not pull from your retirement buckets by having a part-time job or, you know, doing something in the service industry to help you with your daily life expenses, it's an added benefit for a lot of people in retirement and they are able to protect themselves from those downturns. So do you think it's as easy as saying, hey, I'm going to go out and get a job? I know a lot of people are having trouble finding jobs. And it seems that a lot of the um, businesses in the service industry have signs up saying, hey, we're hiring, but nobody seems to be finding jobs. And I, I'm not really sure why that is. Yeah, I completely agree. I've, I've only heard that people in the service industry are looking for help and that they need help. And that unfortunately, due to the pandemic, a lot of people who relied on those positions during the pandemic had to leave because they weren't getting enough, you know, they weren't getting enough resources and they didn't have benefits. So if you're somebody who's already on, you know, Medicaid for your insurance, or you have some other insurance, maybe your spouse or something, then this is also just another great reason that if this industry could work so well for you to get that social engagement or a little bit of extra income, um, because you are not somebody who would be reliant on those traditional benefits. I think that's probably a, a key point in, in the way that they're looking for people now. They're looking for people who are willing to not take benefits. And you're right, a, a retiree or someone who is aiming that way wouldn't have to worry about that, perhaps. Yeah. If, and if that's if that's your case, then I highly encourage it. And I think for people who are transitioning out of corporate America, one of the hard things may be, how do I get one of these jobs? Mm-hmm. How do I go about approaching this industry? I know nothing about it. It looks very physical. Um, and I'll say that for a lot of people, it is a very physically demanding job when you're working at 50, 60 hours a week. But if you are either coast by early retirement or you know approaching your traditional retirement, you may not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week our bodies love to move. And so maybe if you're only doing one or two shifts a week, that is the appropriate amount of movement for, for your body at that time. And so I would say, give it a try. Not all establishments are lifting big trays and carrying pitchers of beer. And, you know, (laughs) some, some establishments are, are a lot less intense in that regard. And I would say, go to places in your community, have lunch somewhere, take a look around, like, what would it look like for me to to be a waitress or a bartender. Like, I think this is the time for people to explore different avenues. I I know so many people are like, oh my gosh, I always wanted to be a bartender. That would have been so much fun to like tell all of my wild and fun stories every single day to make people laugh, to sell funny, strange dad jokes. You know, I mean, it's a really enjoyable job when you have the bandwidth to enjoy that engagement and enjoy bringing the energy of an establishment up with you when you're not having to worry about things like, you know, maybe your rent or, you know, the, the troubles of another job or daycare or other things. Yep. Or the bottom line of the business because it's not yours. Exactly. Exactly. You get to just enjoy that interaction and that level of service. And there is mastery in it. You know, like 
I, I remember working at dive bars and dive bars were so fun because you get the same people over and over again. And that's a different skill set when you're talking to the same people over and over again. Whereas when you're, let's say you're doing something in fine dining, those points of service are going to be much more technical. Um, whereas if you're working at a sports pub, then volume and, you know, that's going to be more important. So I would say for people who may be willing to explore this as an opportunity as they're approaching or in retirement, go to your local, local places that you like to hang out and, and just maybe have a chat with the the owner. Like, Oh, do you have any, do you have any openings? Do you have any slower shifts? You know, I'd be willing to follow along. I'd be willing to, in the industry, we call it a stage, which is when you kind of work a shift or two for free, just to see if you can, you can cut it. Um, but yeah, I think that we talk a lot in our fire meetups about, um, you know, that sequence of return risk. And if people had to go back to work and I, there's so many people that always say I would go back and I would be a waitress. I would go back and I would be a bartender. I would go back and be a barista. And I always lean in and say, why? And they always say that was the most fun job I ever had. Really? And so I just think that in those years when we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves in our golden years, it makes sense to find joy and enjoyment. And this is an an industry where I think people either in early or traditional retirement can find a lot of joy and meaning and purpose. I like that idea, but to be the devil's advocate, then yeah. you've got, you've got these people who have spent their time in corporate America. They're finished their job. They're burned out. Everything is, you know, Hey, I'm so glad I'm done. Being a customer service, being a forward, you know, front facing person and happy and cheerful is going to be a hard job for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. If you're burnt out, this is not the industry for you. <laughs> no, to, to be pleasant and smiling and listen to them complain might not be the, you know, the, the epitome of the joy-filled job. Definitely not. Yeah. If you're burnt out and you're just, you're still in that, in that space from working, maybe it's not the career path for you right out of retirement. Then maybe a few years in when you get that bandwidth back and you you are, are able to more appreciate and, and need because what I see, so my mom um, is disabled and has been retired for since we all left our house um, and trying to find things for her to do for engagement over the past many decades has been a challenge because what most people go towards is volunteering. Mm-hmm. And so- there's, there's the very traditional volunteer roles, right. That we all see where it's like, I remember I signed her up to work at the airport at the information desk at the airport and signing her up to work shifts at a pet shelter. And at a, you know, most people don't want to go into volunteering at hospitals or caretaking, especially after leaving a traditional career, a long traditional, you don't want to go into caretaking in that type of way. Um, but I always felt bummed for her that she wasn't able to try out this industry because I thought she would have found a lot of joy in it because of the fact that like, she really loves to connect with people. She loves the engagement. And I think we're seeing a lot less of that in, in the world. And I think people who are approaching retirement are going to need outlets for that connection a lot more. I think so too. And uh, what what had went in my head when you were saying all that is the uh, the typical Walmart Walmart greeter. Yes, uh, exactly. You know, 
people laugh at the idea of being a Walmart greeter, but it gets you out of the house. You get to see people. You don't need to you know, stress about anything. You just say, hey, hi, how are you? Hey, hi, how are you? Yeah. Hostessing. That's another one that that would be yep. would be great. You know, you can say, hey, yeah, you, you know, and even maitre d's like there's only so many establishments that have those these days. But that's totally an option and a great way for a little extra cash coming in the door. That's so true. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Tell, tell us about how it came about and, and who, well, it's obviously for people in the service industry, but tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time talking about what I think are the great aspects of the industry, but I spend a lot of my time working with people who are actively in the industry. And there's a lot of downfalls to this industry as well, especially for young people. Um, you, there's a lot of hazards in this industry. One of them is being surrounded completely by alcohol and, you know, maybe the influences of alcohol. And if you don't have strong boundaries in place for how alcohol is, is a part of your life, then you can fall prey to substance use and alcoholism as a part of your, you know, as a part of your working life, which is, which is tough to navigate. You can, um, every job has workplace hazards, right? But this is just one for this industry. And it's one that I spend a fair amount of time talking about. There's also the fact that these industries have no benefits. So for younger people, people trying to live, people trying to raise families, it's, it's, it's hard. So I did this for 20 years. And I think when I started to get into financial services and I started to get educated on financial literacy, I realized how many, there's 5.5 million people in the service industry. It is the largest private sector employer in the United States. And it is also an industry that ages into the most economically disadvantaged population in our country. And it's because of those benefits. So in this industry where so many people are making cash and not claiming their income out of, and and it's not because they're trying to avoid taxes, it's typically because they aren't tracking their income and they don't know how much they make and they don't know how much to claim. And so when that is happening, they are not being served by the biggest financial safety net that our government has to offer in the U.S., which is Social Security. And so I'm, I'm from the U.S., and that's one of, our, one of our safety nets here is Social Security, which is a, a benefit that's given to people who, when they reach retirement age. And seeing that, I was like, I have to... I, I, somebody has to be talking to these people and nobody for years and years and years, I absorbed financial media, podcast books. No one was ever talking to people who were working on tips. No one was ever talking to anybody who didn't have access to those traditional employer benefits. All I ever heard was don't forget about the 401k match. Don't forget to negotiate for a higher raise. Don't forget to ask your parents to help you with your student loans. All of this advice fell short fell very short for all of these people, um, not only in the U.S., but in Canada and all over the world. And, you know, for a long time, I had a lot of imposter syndrome of like, oh, who am I to help these people? I've only worked in seven different states. I've only worked in these eight different roles. I've only, you know, I've worked multiple jobs to get to financial independence, not just one job in the service industry. So, but then at some point I remember listening to a podcast and I heard somebody say, write the book you wish you had had. And this is the book that I wish I had had when I was just entering 
this is the book that I wish I had had to teach me about setting appropriate boundaries. This is the book I wish I had had to teach me how to budget on a fluctuating income. This is the book I wish I had had to teach me to just talk about building an abundance mindset. This is the book I wish I had had to teach me about investing in a way that is not scary. You know, my, I love the investing chapter in this book because the entire chapter is an analogy to being at a bar. So for people who are new to finances, a lot of this jargon can feel very overwhelming and scary. But if you read my investing chapter, you will be a a more educated investor than the majority of the people that you know. And everything is an analogy for being at the bar. So if you understand what it's like to be in the bar, you will understand investing by the end of this chapter. So it was a big, that was a big part of the inspiration behind writing the book is I just, I wanted to help people in this industry. I think you're right. It's so, it's so important when you don't have any sort of benefits, any kind of future plan to have something to guide you along the way, or you'll end up having worked for 40 years in your industry and have nothing to show for it. And that's, that's scary. It's, it's terrifying. And to realize that most people who work in these jobs end up in that position, it's just heartbreaking and it doesn't have to be that way. Um, You know, I wish that our, countries and our states and our corporations would step up more here in the U S we have a sub minimum wage for everyone who's in the tipped industry, which is $2 and 13 cents an hour, which is absolutely laughable and insulting. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, those things have to change, but until those things change, you know, my goal is to try to change the industry from within and help people take action on what they can take action on. Ah, oh, that's a fabulous goal. And I, I wish you all sorts of success with that. Thank you. So you talked a little bit about, about FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Um, probably a lot of my listeners are past the point where that would be effective for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any suggestions, any uh, advice for people who are heading into retirement Um You've, you've talked about maybe getting a, a part-time job working in the service industry. What about the people who maybe think that that's a little bit beyond them? Yeah. I mean, then I would say, make sure that your cash cushion is large and that you have a couple years worth of reserves that is outside of the markets and outside of the volatility to protect you for those first few years of retirements to reduce the burden and the, the stress of worrying about sequence of return risks. So, you know, increase your cash position, make sure you have liquidity available to you and not everything is like tied up into to the markets or that you have some sort of cash flowing assets. Okay. So that, yeah, that's, I guess if you have, if you have something, a lot of people's retirement plans um, revolve around the, the markets and things like that. And what you're saying is maybe have some cash sitting on the side or have something that they can, they can turn into cash quickly. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is draw down in a down market. And so creating a larger cash position or cash flowing position, whether that's real estate or, or, you know, whatever assets you have that can cash flow um, is very helpful for those first few years. So if, if you think working is not for you, if you think that, you know, the part-time job is just not for you, really buff up your, your cash position. And, um, that will help you weather those first few years of any storms in the market. So, 
find some way to bring in something so that you're not pulling from your reserves at the beginning of your retirement. Exactly. And if it's not the service industry, there's a lot of other great ways. You know, I think what's what's interesting is seeing so much of this gig economy expand with like even the dog walking and dog sitting. I see so many, so many people need pet sitting services. You and I were talking about pets before we we jumped on. So many people have pets and it's, it's definitely one of those things that can provide you a lot of joy. Just, you know, even opening up your home for a holiday. If, if you have family coming home for a holiday and you know, there's going to be a lot of people around like, oh my gosh, you could make a few hundred dollars just hosting somebody else's pet during your actual holidays, no change to your, to your day-to-day routine. So I think there's, we're entering a world with a lot of really creative ways to make money. Um, and I'm, I'm all here for that, that, that gig style. Uh, that's wonderful. I, I like that idea because that's something I do. I don't bring the animals into my home, but I go to other people's homes. That's, I think that's a wonderful retirement gig. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gas money, right? It's gas money yep. for the RV or it's, you know, it's hotel money for, for a trip. It's, it's, it's yep. wonderful. Plus you're getting to, to see pets. So I love, I, and I think it keeps you sharp when you're looking to optimize still in a lot of ways, right? Like you're trying to gamify it and figure out other ways to bring in money and to support, you know, there's in the U S here, you get a larger benefit, the longer you wait to start pulling it. Yeah. And so I think for, you know, retirees who are approaching that, if you're able to gamify some ways to, to either have that cash position and, or have that cash position and extra income coming in so that you can wait a little longer to pull your benefits, you're going to have a much nicer retirement. And so I love, I love the gig economy. I love the service industry because of the flexibility that it provides, you know, retirees going into, it gives them a lot of optionality. Exactly. Well, Barbara, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting some ideas. I think, I think the, uh, the listeners probably have a little bit more to think about. I don't know whether some of them might pick a, pick a job as a waitress, who knows, but it's given them something to think about for sure. That's great. That's awesome. That's all I, that's all I'm here for is just to give people more ideas. Yeah, no, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Jackie, thank you. This is fun. Have a great day. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.